Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. In the book of Psalms, I want to begin with one verse of scripture. The book of Psalms, 119 and 165th verse. Psalms 119 and verse 165. Let's look at this. Can you just read it with me, please? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Let's read it again. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I know that probably the best thing in our hour that we could look at, uh, maybe the, a, a point that we should study, would be the last line. But I want to tell you, you can't deal with the last line without the first line. I want to talk about just simply, love the Word. Just say that with me. Love the Word. Heavenly Father, we love you today and we praise you, God, for your Word. We thank you, God, for this time, Lord Jesus. God, where your presence is so rich and real. Lord, we're living in a day where we need your word more than ever before. We stand upon the foundation, Lord, and conviction of truth. Lord, that your word, not a denomination, not a local assembly, not an organization, but your word is the standard And we give you the praise, Lord, for all of this in your mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, I love the word. You can be seated. Really, everything in life boils down to this. We will become what we worship, and we will live what we love. We will live what we love. And so this was just something that was ringing in my mind last week, and I wanted to bring it to you today. And I say to the Medora Pentecostal Church, because uh, though this may go out online, on our podcast, but I want to say to us, we must, in this hour, fall in love with the Word of God like never before. Amen. We must fall in love with the Word of God like ever before. If Jesus quoted the Word which he wrote, he quoted it when he said to Satan, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Take a deep breath, if you would, with me. 
We heard the menu today of our banquet that is coming up. It's not what you put in your belly that you really live by. It's not that food that you eat or we eat, but it is our breath. The breath is the word of God that we take in. Our very life ought to be sustained not by what our bellies have, but what we believe. What we believe. Amen. We don't live by natural bread alone, but we live by the bread of life. In John 6, 33, Jesus said, The bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Amen. Can I tell you, the word is bread to you. The word is life to you and to me. And Jesus would later say in verse 63 of that chapter, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. Capsuled between Genesis and Revelation is every principle, is every precept, is every commandment, is every, everything that you need in 2022. People will say this isn't relevant. Yes, it is. It has been relevant for thousands of years. And can I tell you, if the devil could have shut it up, he would have done so a long time ago. Amen. Even from the very beginning, the attack was on the Word of God. I believe that we're living in a day when we need to fall in love with the Word again. A fresh love for the Word of God will keep us from falling in love with things that will distract us. Falling in love with the world will get us into trouble. But if we fall in love with the Word, then we will overcome the world. The Word. In our beginning text from Psalms 119, it is a powerful scripture that talks about, I love the law of God. I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. It is interesting that the longest chapter of the Bible, Psalms 119, deals with the priority of the Word of God. I think that that speaks volumes to us today. It has 176 verses that celebrate the glory and the wonder and the splendor of the Word of God. It is interestingly written in a poetry form where it is comprised of 22 stanzas, amen, each starting with the different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Each stanza has eight verses, and each verse has two lines. So we could say from A to Z, the Word of God is a priority. From A to Z in our life, in the Hebrew alphabet, there are 22 letters. In, the, in, in our English language, there are 26 letters. And so from A to Z, he has got to be a priority. His word has got to be a priority. I, I, I want to ask you this morning, have you fallen in love with this book are you in love with this book? Amen. Do you love its principles and its precepts? Amen. Psalm 119 is a beautiful expression of awe and adoration for God 
and his word. It is here that we find in verse 72, the law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Somebody say priority. Thousands of gold and silver. It is here we have the word that says in verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. How many of you heard that and quoted and put it to memorization? Can I just remind you today, this is not just a good book. This is not just a, a, a collection of helpful hints for you to live a happier life. This is not just some suggestions that, and guidelines that you can, you can be better and be happier. Amen. It declares the divine plan of God that says this is who you are, this is how you have sinned, and this is your salvation. Aren't you glad for this book today? I want to fall in love with the book. In Psalm 119, the Word of God is depicted by several different words, and I, I want to look at them with you for just a few moments in this lesson this morning. So the Word of God is called in this psalm, the law. Everybody say law. law. We're living in a lawless time. Amen. But the Word of God is law. It is law. A lot of people want to run from the law. Well, didn't he come to fulfill the law? Yeah, but he didn't come to kill the law. He didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill, as Paul said in Romans chapter 8, amen, that he come to fulfill and declare to us the intent of the law. What a nation couldn't do in the flesh in fulfilling the law, a church can do by the power of the Holy Spirit because we walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Amen. He didn't do away with the law, but he came to clarify and show for us. Matter of fact, all these people that, that say, you know, this is law, you folks just preach law. Well, when Jesus showed up on the scene, he, he said in Matthew chapter 5 and 6, he talked about, you have heard it said. You're not to kill. He said, but I say unto you, if you hate your brother, you're guilty of murder. You have heard it said. He's, what is he talking about? He's talking about the law. He's talking about what, what was written under the Mosaic law. He said, you have heard it said, you're not to commit adultery. He said, but I say, if you look on a woman and lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So for all those people that want to say we're living under greasy grace, can I just tell you today, grace under Christ has a higher standard than the law had in the Old Testament. <clears throat> well, that's not in my notes, but it sure makes good sense. <clears throat> Matter of fact, in Psalms 119, the word law used for Scripture is employed 25 times. 25 times. When the word law is used, it carries with it the idea of teaching. Somebody say doctrine. Doctrine. That's, that's an old word you, know, you hear you know, back in the day. Well, we're teaching doctrine. It's really about teaching. Teaching the principles of God. The law of the Lord carries with it the idea of teaching. The law reveals the will of God for how his people are to live. Amen. The law is the commandments of the Lord, not the suggestions of the Lord. It's law. It's law. 
The law, as the word of God, calls us to love it and to obey it. To love it and to obey it. There's a lot of people today that will give reverence to the word. They will honor it. They'll say it's the word of God, but they don't live by its principles. And they haven't studied it out long enough to understand the context between ceremonial law, civil law, and moral law. The law of the Lord. Teaching. The psalmist writes in this psalm, in verse 18, he says, Open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of your law. I want to understand the wonders of your law. He says at least four times in this uh, great psalm, he says, in verse 70, I delight in thy law. In verse 77, I delight in thy law. In verse 92, thy law is my delight. In 174, the law is my delight. Let's fall in love with the word of God. Let's delight in the word of God more than what we're streaming, more than what we have to read, more than anything else that we listen to or what. Let's delight in the word of God. Hallelujah. Do you love the word today? Let's fall in love with the word. A second word that is used quite frequently, matter of fact, some 23 times, is the word testimonies. Everybody say testimonies. It comes, the word testimony comes to, from the root meaning to bear witness. It points to the dependability of the Bible as being the witness of God. You can believe this. You can count on it. Amen. I want to tell you there's a reason why you could. Matter of fact, there's multiple reasons why you can trust this to be the word of God. There are all kinds of things that people will try to point to destroy the word of God. I remember some time ago that there was a, an atheist that says, prove to me there is a God. And I forget exactly who it was in history that made this statement, but he just simply said, the Jews. The Jews. No other nation. No other nation is like the Jews. No other nation has survived disbursement. Amen. They should have been dead and gone a long time ago. They should have been just, just wiped out. Amen. But God has a plan. Why? Because the Jews are a great barometer to show us the truth of God's word. Amen. If for no other reason the Jews are there to remind us that his word is true. His word is sure. Amen. That's the testimonies of the word of the Lord. The psalmist said in verse 24, the testimonies, thy testimonies are also my delight and my counselor. My counselor is in the word of God. Amen. Uh, he said, I have stuck in verse 31. He said, I stuck to the testimonies. I like that. I just got stuck. I'm stuck on this. I'm, this is my life. I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, to be glued to the Word of God. Everything that I look at through life has got to come through this prism. Amen. And, and, and so I've got to fall in love with the witness that this is truly the Word of God. 
We could talk to you about the historical accounts and how the, the, the Bible is written uh, 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 over a period of 1,500 years and by several authors from all different walks of life, and yet it is cohesive, yet it is truth. Amen. As one man would say, you pull a thread in Genesis and it'll buckle in Revelation because his testimonies, you can bear witness to the Word of God. He said in 129, thy testimonies are wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. We need an awe, again, having an awe for the Word of God. It talks about the Word of God in this psalm as being the ways of God. Matter of fact, he uses it to compare the ways of God as the Word of God in comparison to his ways and the false ways. He says there's a false way and there's a right way. Amen. The Bible speaks about false gods and the right God. Isn't it interesting that when you talk to or you read through the book of Acts, you will find that how they described their, their, their group or the, how they described their belief, they called it the way. The way. Amen. There is a way that goes through the word of God. And then there's a way that I think. There's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is death. Amen. I, I watch his people. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I watch his people. I watch people that are much more educated than I am. I watch people that are much more uh, uh, intellectual than I am, that you and I are. And they still don't get it. They don't see it. Amen. Because they're trying to reason out with this. But his ways are higher than ours. Amen. And to them the cross is foolishness and crazy. But to us who believe it is the power of God and salvation. I want to fall in love again with this word. I want to fall in love with this ways. His ways. Amen. Are not my ways. But he said in verse 32. So I will run the way of thy commandments. I will pursue your commandments. Quit trying to look for loopholes and escape routes. And, and say, does the Bible really say that? Or it, it should, let's get in the Word and see. It's not a matter what 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 not a denomination taught years ago. It's what does the Word say? What does the book say? Let us be biblically based in our belief. It's the way of God. <laughs> then he says he uses the word precept twenty one times. He uses the word precept. It comes from a word meaning to oversee or play, pay close attention to a matter. So precepts points to the particular instructions of the Lord as one who cares about details. So the writer says, I will meditate on thy precepts. I will meditate on the details. I will meditate on the details. I will meditate on the details. Woo! Why? Because there's life in his precepts. He said, I have longed for thy precepts in verse 40. In verse 93, he said, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. Oh, thank God for his precepts, his details, his details about life. Amen. You got marriage issues? 
there's some details in this book. Uh, you, you, you've, got, you've got financial issues. There's a detail in this book. Uh, you got problems with your mind. There's some details in this book uh, that will help you out. Uh, amen. Whatever you may have, whatever problem you may have, there are some principles that if you and I will apply them, if we will do them and obey them, then God will step in and bring healing to that situation. The devil's not in the details. God's in the details. Just go look at the temple. Go look at what, what God did in, in instructing Moses on building the, the temple. It's details. That is found 21 times. The word statutes. The word statutes is found some 22 times. And it comes from an interesting word that means to engrave in stone. Thus, they speak, statues speak of binding force and permanency of the word of God. So when the psalmist said, I love your statues, he says, I love the fact that they're permanent. I love the fact that the word of God is permanent. Mm. It will sustain. What does the word say? Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word Last abides forever. When everything else is done, when every tech falls apart, when all this world is in shambles, it's going to be standing. The word will be standing. So how about this? When my life is in shambles, when my life is messed up, why don't I turn to this and say, Oh God, I'm going to follow your word and see what you have for me. We were talking with a pastor and his wife about what God is doing in their church. And somehow, they got connected to a church, a so-called church, that this church runs about 300 people, but they will not allow their people to read the Bible. It, it, I'm not going to even go into the details because it's harrowing and horrible some of the acts that they did in this church and called it Christian. But now these people have been watching their Facebook page. There you go. They've been watching their Facebook page for years. And this is all they've known. It's been crammed in their throat to the point where they're, they're so abused they didn't know any other thing. But this is, this is the right way. What, it, what it, You know, I can't read the Bible. I've got to trust the preachers telling me uh, this is what it is and this is how you live and, and all this kind of stuff. But there was one couple that come out, and they went to the church. Amen. They didn't believe you ought to speak in tongues. They didn't believe in anything like that. And listen to this. They were so awestruck that they had the right to read the Bible. They had the right to read the Bible. These were people that followed the letter of their church uh, uh, with their, their devotions, 45-minute devotion at night, but couldn't read their Bible. 
Amen. I'm going to tell you the truth will set you free. The truth will make you free. The Word of God is so important. Amen. It's not what a preacher says. It's what, what does the Word say? Let's find out what the book says. Amen. Today the Word of God is something I've got to fall in love with. His statutes are permanent, binding. Then he uses also in this psalm the word commandments interchangeable for the word of God. They are found some 22 times in the psalm. And commandments point to straight authority of God and what is being said. It is the idea, what is a commandment? Given orders. There's reason some people want God's promises, but they don't want his orders. But the Lord said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep, what is the commandment? The word of God. If you love me, you're going to love this book. If you love me, you're going to love this word. If you love me, you're going to love, you're going to love what he says in his word. Well, I don't want to live for the Lord because he gives too many orders. Years ago, we we, we won a couple to the Lord, and they were doing so good. And then the, the man got miffed about some issues and standards and things like that. He got upset, and his, his, his lovely wife was doing so great. But one day, he came up to me, and he said, I love this church, Brother Gill. I love you. And, and usually when somebody says that to me, I know it's a setup. I love you, Brother Gill. But, but, yeah, there's a but coming in there somewhere. He said, but I don't like all these rules that you have here. Well, first of all, you can come any way you want to to the church. We have leadership rules. But you, you, you want to wear that, that's fine. You want to be like that, that's fine. You're welcome here. Amen. Amen. You, it, that's perfectly okay. We're not going to run anybody off because they got something on that we may not like. Oh, y'all, y'all good, good with that? But here's what this guy told me. He said, he said, Brother Gil, I'm just not liking being told, you know, commandments. He said, so we're leaving, and I'm joining the Marines. <laughs> True story. We're leaving. Brother B, you were you were a Marine. Did they tell you what to do every day? When to get up, what to wear, what kind of haircut you could have. The Bible said that the commandments of the Lord are not grievous. They're not a burden, amen, if you just simply fall in love with his word. His commandments are not grievous. And I thank the Lord for the word of God, amen, that give us orders. This book. I'm not talking about local church commandments. I'm talking about the book commandments. This book gives us commandments. How about this one, love one another? Isn't that a commandment? How about love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, with everything that is in you, love the Lord. How many know that's a commandment? <clears throat> I don't have an option. That's a commandment. Then he said, also love your neighbors yourself. 
That's a commandment. I can't, I, I can't just pick and choose my commandments. It's an order. Another word that is used for the word of God in Psalm 119 are interchangeable. These two are interchangeable, and that is judgments and ordinances. Judgments and ordinances. Either or both, uh, both of them collectively have found some 23 times, and it carries the idea of justice rooted in God's character. I'm going to let that sink in. Because a lot of the so-called justice movements today are really about idols and not about God. It's really about idols and it's not about God. Amen. But the justice that comes from God is always rooted in this book. It's always rooted in this book. It's always rooted in understanding that we rightly divide this book. Because there are people that can take things and run them out of context. Amen. But let's find out what the context is that God is speaking and understand that his judgments are just because his character is just. His judgments are holy because he is holy. Amen. This when we talk about the judgments of God, the ordinances of God, it speaks about the decisions that are coming from an all-wise judge. An all-wise judge that knows how to rule common human situations. Somebody say amen. Then we find the word, word. Everybody say word. Matter of fact, it's found in two different ways in Psalm 190. Uh, 119. It is found 23 times uh, as a generic term emphasizing the fact that God spoke. It is found nine times in the psalm. It's using the same word, word, but it means that something that God had to say. Amen. Amen. And it it, it is usually nuanced within the promise. Here's what I see is that God speaks in general terms, but he also speaks in direct terms. There is the Logos word and there is the Rhema word where God speaks to us. Amen. We need God to speak to us not just out of this, but from this to our hearts. It's time to fall in love with the Word of God. Then you will find other words that are not mentioned quite as frequently, but words like faithfulness, synonymous with the Word of God. How many know His Word is faithful? There are, the word righteousness is used as the, as the Word of God. The word name is used as the Word of God. They are interchangeable and synonymous terms with His Word. How many know His name and His Word go together? His name and His Word cannot be separated. His name and His Word. I want to fall in love with the Word of God. Can you take just a minute right now? And lift up your voice and lift up your hands if you would and just say, Lord, let me fall in love with your word. Let me fall in love with your truth. Not, not with a, a particular uh, uh, way of thinking that I've just been passed down to me, but oh God, let me fall in love with your word. I want to read... Several verses from Psalms 119. We're going to begin with verse 161 
And I want to read through them, but here's what I want you to catch. I've talked about laws, precepts, statutes, testimonies, and all these other words pertaining to the Word of God. In these verses, I want you to listen and look particularly close at the emotions of the one writing this psalm, of the psalm. I want you to notice the emotions that he is up there. Do you have that for me, sister, if you would put that up? Let's look at that. Psalm 119, 161. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe. Somebody say awe. Blowing my mind. Has the word of God blown your mind lately? I can tell you what, last week at NYC, my mind got blown several times by the word of God. Amen. I sit there and had to pick up my bottom lip. Amen. As, as Brother McCool was preaching and as, as Brother Smith was preaching and as Brother McGee was preaching, all these guys just, just like, oh, wow, this is, this, is, this is like eating at a big steakhouse. All of thy word. Anybody in all the word today? Let it blow your mind. Next verse. <clears throat> I rejoice. There's another emotion word, isn't it? I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Years ago when Whitney opened a present, that girl just got so emotional. Imagine that. She got real emotional. She opened up and she said, Woo! I got that! I got that! That's what that verse I think about when I hear that. I got that! I got this! I got this! I got this. Woo! My, I feel the Lord in this place today. I love his word. I want to fall in love with his word. I want to be in awe of his word. And I'm going to rejoice when I find me a verse I've read a hundred times before. And yet a truth jumps out at me that I had never seen, Brother John. But I see it now. Oh, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be connected with emotion to the Word of God. Next verse. <clears throat> you see the emotion in that one. I hate and abhor lying. I don't speak this just as being mean, but if it doesn't match with this, I need to hate it and abhor it. If it doesn't line up with this, I need to hate it and abhor it. He said, but thy law I love. Woo. We ought to hate the agenda of Antichrist that is sweeping through our, our nation right now. We ought to hate that. <clears throat> love the people, speak truth and love and all of that. But when it comes to my emotions and my feelings, there are some things that I need to say. I abhor that. That makes me sick. It makes my God sick. He calls that an abomination. I hate that. Amen. But I do love his law. I do love his law. Next verse. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. I praise you. Remember what we talked about judgments was? It's the justice of God. He gets things right. Our world can be messed up. Our world can throw justice out the window. But our God knows how to get it right. He knows how to get it right. Amen. 
Next verse. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That was our lead text today. Great peace. That's where the peace of God comes from, from this book, from this word. To understand, I find peace. There are all kinds of scriptures about peace. Amen. And so I want to love the law of the Lord and get peace to come with it. Hallelujah. And then I won't be offended. Can I tell you, Jesus is the model. He never got offended at, at Pilate. He never got offended at Caiaphas. He never got offended uh, at, at Herod or the courts that were kangaroo courts. He didn't get offended that they smote him. Matter of fact, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When you love the law, you're going to have great peace. Next verse. 66 says, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. And then he said, my soul hath kept thy testimonies and I love them. I love them a little bit. I love them on Sunday. I love them on Tuesday night. I love them when I'm happy. I love them when everything's going good. No, he said, I love them exceedingly. I love them all the time. Praise the Lord. I thank God for the word today. I want to fall in love with the word all over again. Woo! Praise the Lord. Can you give him a hand clap of praise in this place? You want to draw God close to you, get close to his word. Love his word. 168. He said, I've kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before them. How I live is before them. If you love the word, you will live the word. 169. Let my cry come before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy words. Let my supplication come before thee. Let my prayer request come before thee. Let my need come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. Then he said, my lips shall utter praise when you have taught me thy statues. Anybody remember what statues are? Unchangeable. Unalterable truth. That's what he means. My tongue shall speak the word. Speak of thy word, rather. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteous. Let thy hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed. There's another emotion word. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Another emotion word. Then he said, let my soul live and it shall praise thee, and let thy judgment help me. He said, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. I do not forget thy commandments. The thing about the word of the Lord is that God will put it in you to where you could even run away from the Lord, but you're going to remember his word. It's going to play over your mind. Play over your mind. 
what you have heard, the word of God. The difference is when the revelation of who Jesus is hits you and the word hits you at the same time, faith is built. Faith is built. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's revelation word. Are you in love with the word today? Do you love the word today? Let's praise him for the word. Psalm 138 is one of my favorite psalms, uh, verses 1 and 2, where the psalmist said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods, before the idols, will I sing praise unto thee. Amen. I'll let every idol know. Here in America, we don't have idols of wood and stone. We got idols of greed. We got idols of self. We've got idols of concepts and ideas. Amen. But he said this, I want to make sure that every idol know I praise God. I worship God. I love love the Lord and his word. Verse 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Not just his loving kindness, but for his truth. Why? For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Hallelujah. We see God's power in creation. We witness his providence in everyday life. But the greatest way that he reveals himself to us is by his word. Not by our feeling, not by our emotion, but by his word. I will magnify I will exalt. I will find it filling beyond my expectation. For you have magnified your word above even your name. When we look at the word of God, we find strength when we're weak. Anybody ever been there? We find comfort when we're at loss. We find water, amen, when we're thirsty. We find rest when we are weary. We find bread when we are hungry. We find hope when we have none. We find salvation when we realize we're a sinner. Amen. We find grace for everyday life. Amen. We find light for a dark path. We find a gate to heaven. I believe it's time to remember that we ought to love this word. We need to love it, believe it, live it. Know it, amen, accept it, accept it, and then hold on to it. His word, his word, his word, his word. How many of you got a Bible in your house? How many of you got two Bibles? How many of you got more than two Bibles in your house? How many of you got more, more than two Bibles on your iPhone? your iPad. We got Bibles everywhere, but a lot of people that don't love it. We need to love this word. I was told the story, heard the story rather uh, some years ago of a, of a preacher that went to Vietnam and he got an interpreter to help him and he went and ministered to the soldiers in Vietnam and converted this young Vietnamese man and that young Vietnamese man, after America left, like so many, was put in prison and tortured severely by the Viet Cong. He had no Bible, and he began to doubt God. And he prayed one day, and he said, God, if you are real, I need your word. He had the un, un, 
unenviable task of cleaning out the latrine and the sewer where, where he, you know, they didn't have a sewer system. The, the mess just dropped down into a trough area and, and, and they made the, the prisoners go and clean it out. I don't mean to be gross today. This is just what the story was, is that some Viet Cong had gotten a Bible and was using the Bible, rip out a page of the Bible, and was using it for their bathroom cleanliness. And that, that mess fell down, and as that Vietnam man was cleaning up the mess, he found among the manure these pages and he pulled them out and began to clean them and began to wash them and go hit them in his cell. And he signed up every day for latrine duty so he could go get the word. Amen. I want to tell you, that's a love for the word of God. That's a love for the word of God. How do we love it? Well, we're spoiled. We've got good preaching. We've got good teaching. We've been to conferences that we're blessed. But oh, can I ask you today, have you fallen in love with this word again? There'll be things that are a whole lot easier if you fall in love with the word. His word. His word. Magnify it, Lord, to us. I want to read one more scripture. Before I bring this to a conclusion from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. And you can't hardly preach about the word without going to this verse. But 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. Paul writes to a young preacher and he says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith. That's how we are born again, by the word. And he said in verse 16, all scripture. Somebody say all scripture. Can I tell you, there are a lot of people that say, well, why do we have just these books? Aren't there lost books? There is. We've done a study on it. We'll do another study some other time. There are reasons why this book, set of 66, is said to be canon scripture or authoritative scripture. And it is simply that God preserved them. And there are all kinds of tests that we could talk about, but this is the word of God. I take it as the word of God. I believe it. And I have seen the word work in my life. All scripture, somebody say all scripture, is given by inspiration of God. God breathed them and it is profitable for doctrine. For teaching. Amen. That's what that word means. Remember? And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. All scripture is literally God breathed. God breathed upon men and they wrote as God instructed them by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God for doctrine today. Thank God for good teaching. Thank God for for the word of the Lord that tells us, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and we believe him to be the one true living God. It is profitable for doctrine. It is profitable for reproof. What does that mean? Conviction. Conviction. This word ought to convict us. 
If you've not been convicted a while by the word, you might need to fall in love with the word again. It provides for us admonition. It exposes sin. It turns the light on and reveals the problem, but it also reveals the truth and the solution. It is profitable for correction. The word of God corrects false theories. It restores proper understanding of of God and how he is and who he is. Amen. There are going to be many Christs, but I want to tell you there is only one, the Christ, Jesus. Hallelujah. It is profitable for correction. It is profitable for instruction in righteousness. If I need to know how to live, it's in this book. Let's fall in love with the book. Stand with me, please. I don't know if anybody today that has studied the book of Jeremiah that says, I want to be him. Me and Jerry. I want to follow his path. He preached and had zero converts. Nobody followed him. Matter of fact, they did all kinds of horrible things to him. But this is how Jeremiah described his relationship with the word. He said, I ha- thy words were found and I did eat them. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by the name of the Lord God of hosts. I found his word, and I loved it so much, I ingested it. I put it inside of me. I got it in my heart. I got it in my mind. Amen. No wonder the psalmist said, Great peace have they that love thy law. Today I want to, make a, I want to just make a plea for those that would just simply like to say by stepping out and coming forward I'm falling in love with the word again pastor I'm falling in love with the word again I am going to be one of those that sit on the edge of my seat when I hear the word whether it's preached, it's read or or listened to I, I I want to get the word inside of me time to fall in love with the word time to fall in love with the word of God for it is quick and powerful and sharp than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. It is the one that helps us when we need is the Word of God. It's alive. The Word of God is living. Hallelujah. Let's love Him today. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.